Hello, this is Jennifer Wolf Horsch. I'm the Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, also known as the IAIABC, and you're listening to the IAIABC's podcast, Accidentally. During Accidentally, we discuss issues and events that are impacting workers' compensation systems. I ask thought-provoking questions, raise awareness of emerging issues, and offer insights on workers' compensation. My hope is to make you think about work comp in a different way. You can listen or download our podcasts each month at iaiabc.org slash podcast, or even better, subscribe to us on iTunes. November 6, that's Election Day in the U.S., is quickly approaching. Its presence is known through the nonstop media coverage, local TV debates, robocalls, and glossy flyers in our mailbox. I'm not getting into politics today. You can call me up for that. But take this as your gentle reminder to vote. One vote can and often does make a difference particularly in local elections. All this talk of politics, well, it has me thinking about what's the impact going to be on workers' compensation. After all, work comp isn't immune to politics. Changes within a state, by the governor or within the legislative body, can result in leadership and priority changes, triggering tweaks or reforms that can impact one stakeholder or another. One issue the IIBC has been following is legislation aimed at defining the relationship for workers contracted through online labor platforms. The effort is summed up nicely by gig economy lobbyist Bradley Tusk. He said, what's ultimately a better business decision? To try to change the law in a way you think works for your platform or to make sure your platform fits into the existing law. The debate and ongoing legal challenges over classification of workers who are using online labor platforms is expensive and creates a lot of business uncertainty. And these platforms are increasingly looking to the state houses to remove this uncertainty. Tusk, who works for the online labor platform Handy, was very successful at passing marketplace contractor legislation in 2018. Here's what you need to know about those efforts in order to help you prepare for 2019. The central question relates to employment status. Is a worker an employee or are they an independent contractor? This is a fundamental question for workers' compensation because it determines coverage obligations. We all recognize that employees are covered by workers' compensation systems and independent contractors are not. And while it's a seemingly simple question, it's an area of the law with considerable complexity and nuance. We've been debating employees versus independent contractors for over a hundred years. 
And in 2018, the landscape, it got even more complicated. It got complicated with the introduction of marketplace contractors. Marketplace contractors is a new term of art, which refers to online platforms that connect service providers or workers to clients. These platforms have often been noted in discussions of the gig or the collaborative economy. You've probably heard of them. Handy, Upwork, TaskRabbit, ShiftGig. We primarily think of these platforms as used to connect individual clients and small businesses to service providers. For example, the IIBC regularly uses Upwork for design and multimedia work. But many of these platforms have enterprise solutions that are used by larger companies, companies like Procter & Gamble, UCLA, and Accenture. In fact, Handy announced a partnership program with Walmart in March of 2018 that allows you to purchase a flat-screen TV on walmart.com and, upon checkout, connects you directly to handy.com so you can contract with a home installer to have someone set it up. Marketplace contractor legislation has been introduced in 10 states and was successfully enacted in seven. Those seven states are Arizona, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, and Utah. Since the legislation was raised primarily by one platform, that's handy, it's not surprising that the legislation in those states shares many similar characteristics. The enacted legislation grants independent contractor status for a worker performing services for an online labor platform. Just to repeat, these workers are now considered independent contractors by law if they meet certain common provisions. Some of the common provisions in the legislation include there must be a written agreement between the platform and the marketplace contractor, which says the marketplace contractor is providing services as an independent contractor and not an employee. Most of the legislation passed grandfathers in those service agreements. The marketplace platform must be virtual. It has to be a web, a mobile application, or a software program. Some states have included language that specifically says that no services can be carried out in a physical location within the state, and they specifically exclude phone or fax services. Does anyone have a fax anymore? Each of this legislation discusses the payment for services and generally, it notes that the payment for services must be provided on a contract or rate basis. The marketplace contractor is responsible for all tax obligations. They're also responsible for providing their own tools or materials to complete the work. The marketplace contractor can set their own hours. And there are some common exclusions that we see in this legislation. That would include exclusions for transportation networking companies, 
That was specifically aimed at Uber and Lyft. It also excludes the transportation of freight, envelopes, boxes. It excludes political subdivisions, religious, charitable, and educational institutions, and Indian tribes. There are some unique provisions included across the states, which you might find interesting. In Tennessee, for example, the marketplace platform cannot provide any insurance benefits to the marketplace contractors. That's unique to Tennessee's law. Utah's law doesn't use the term marketplace contractor, but instead defines a building service contractor with building service to mean janitorial, furniture delivery assembly, moving or installation, landscaping, home repair, or any similar service that the charge for such service is $3,000 or less. Florida has similar language that seems to limit contractors to those providing temporary household services. And I think that the provisions in Utah and Florida that we described are really aimed at making sure that these are not used in a large-scale fashion for contractors who may be working in large construction projects, but instead are truly workers who are being contracted out by individual homeowners. Another related area of legislative activity in 2018 were proposals to develop portable benefit accounts. We've talked a little bit about portable benefit accounts previously and accidentally, but these accounts are really the in concept being proposed by think tanks, gig economy companies, and policymakers across the country. Portable benefit accounts decouple benefits and protections from the employer relationship and are tied directly to the worker. Portable benefit legislation was introduced in four states this year, Washington, California, New Jersey, and Alabama. Some of the commonalities in all of these proposals include there must be a portable benefit administrator. And the administrator is a third-party entity, generally it's denoted as a nonprofit, that's responsible for administering and managing the benefit accounts on behalf of these workers. So the accounts are held by the administrator, and then the administrator negotiates with various insurance companies and other service providers to deliver benefits directly to those workers. Proposals also touched on workers' compensation. This year's legislation in all four states specifically required the administrator to provide workers' compensation coverage for workers with these kinds of accounts. And they also talked about defined contributions. The platform has a defined contribution for each worker. Typically, that contribution is a percentage of each of the jobs performed or a minimum hourly contribution into the portable benefit account. The private market is already developing solutions that exist around these frameworks. A partnership between the Rockefeller Foundation in collaboration with the Workers Lab was announced in May, 
which is going to provide initial funding for innovations in this area. I'm hopeful this summary gives you insight on what might pop up legislatively in your state next year. My tip, I'd add a Google alert for marketplace contractor. It flew under the radar in many states last year. Don't let it fly under yours. In closing, vote and enjoy election day. Who knows what will follow? Thank you for listening to Accidentally, the IIBC's podcast series. You can find past episodes at iaiabc.org podcast or subscribe to us on iTunes. Cheers, Jen.